You can check out all the episodes of The Table of Truth on our website, www.tableoftruth.com. Everybody to the table of truth. This is your man Cam. With me, as always, is Cam Two, aka Last Action Negro, aka Incog Negro, aka the most well-informed hater you know. So let's get it. <laughs> and uh, we're back for a quick pod. Uh, you know, just gonna start it. We're gonna start piecemeal. You know, one one pod at a time. Every time we do one, life happens. Can't get back together to kind of get stuff, but. I think if we uh, put our heads together, we could probably do it slowly but surely. Once a week, once every two weeks. No promises, but you know, you need three to be a streak. You need three to be a streak. Exactly. We was we was good. We was two for two, and then uh, yeah, this thing called life happened. And you know, to all the fans that stuck with us, you know, welcome back. To those that didn't, we hope you come back. But we try to put content out there, and we're gonna try to catch up on. Some of the uh, important things that was trending recently, I know we missed a lot of juicy topics out there. We're going to try to touch on some of them that happened uh, as recently as of last week. But um, we're glad you're back with us, and hopefully you guys have fun listening. Yeah, man. Um, Yeah, the state of America is hilarious at at the best and dangerous at worst. But um, the, the, the recent spat of... White people calling police for black people existing is uh, always interesting. You know what? It was crazy to me. That's like, it's like a new move. Like, that's the new (laughs) move that white people in general want to do to find some. It's like a desperation move. Like, I'm going to call the cops because you're going to your own mailbox and taking out the mail type stuff. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a, I'm going to let it write it. (laughs) I'm going to call the manager it's so egregious to me that the, and they're lying too um, for those that don't know uh, a few recent events happened where uh, it, you know it's surprisingly so I, Cam lives on the east coast I on, live on the west coast and I live in California which is supposed to be so liberal Uh We've had incident, incidents and instances where we've had white people call the cops, uh, especially in the Bay Area, on folks doing menial tags or doing everyday things that are very harmless. Uh, one of the first instances was we had talked about on a previous podcast was a lady, uh, we, we shall name her as uh, Barbecue Betty, who had called the authorities on two unsuspecting black men that are just barbecuing at the uh, location of Lake Merrick in Oakland, California. And uh, black Twitter was outraged when they heard the story. And so what had happened was the people of Oakland, beautiful as they are, came back and did the largest electric slide ever. And the white lady that called the cops on these brothers tried to be the victim. Fast forward to a few days ago, there's another lady who goes by, let me make sure I get her name right. Was that uh, Permit Petty? <laughs> yeah, that's Permit Petty's her nickname, but her real name is. One second. Sorry about that, folks. She's the one that has her own cannabis business, right? Yes, and I'm going to get to that. So her name is Allison Attell, right? So the instance with her, <coughs> excuse me, is that a young girl was selling bottles of water outside of on the street corner, a neighborhood, whatever. You, we, as, as Americans, we grew up seeing this lemonade stands. If you wanted to get your first buck, kids would go out there and try to get your hustle on Girl Scouts do this, apparently. So this is nothing new. Uh, Allison, a.k.a. Permit Patty, took it upon herself to threaten to call authorities. What we thought was she was calling authorities on an eight-year-old girl. We come to find out this eight-year-old girl was selling water to acquire tickets to go to Disneyland. Now, when the story went viral... Um, people felt bad for the little girl and angry at the woman that was calling the cops for the eight-year-old girl. And they bought and donated tickets to her. And she was ecstatic. You can go on YouTube or not YouTube, excuse me. You can go on the internet and Google this, this uh, young lady. And you can see her being ecstatic for getting tickets and her mom recorded it. 
and the lady didn't want to be seen when she was supposedly calling cops because we come to find out she was just joking. And in both instances, they went from being the quote unquote aggressor and oppressor to trying to being a victim. Now, what's yeah. funny, exactly. So, what's funny on the flip side is she is a former employee. Uh, oh, excuse me. Her name is, uh, excuse me, for, for, she's a former employee. And she, they told me that she sold $1 million worth of cannabis products without a permit. Now, the whole beef she had with the little girl, she was selling without a permit. Huh, ironic how life comes at you fast. And the funny thing is, she's making a profit over a drug that so many, uh, let's put it, let's call it what it is, black males that got arrested for and still in jail for selling weed. Now that it's legal, she's profiting off of that. Yeah, I think the the worst thing about that now is the um, it's it kind of goes back to kind of like uh, it's not illegal when we do it type of thing, and so what people don't realize too is when when everybody was like, oh, you know, we should legalize you know cannabis and all that kind of stuff, and it was a good thing that they did, you know, kick money off the street, blah blah blah, blah. but what they also didn't realize is like now you have to do the the due diligence of getting people like released that were on, you know, uh, cannabis charges. And like, there's a couple of nonprofits that are actually working in California to help, uh, inmates do that because there's a program to get them, um, get their cases dismissed, but it's a volunteer program. So like they have to actually do the paperwork and do all that. And so what what a lot of these programs are doing is doing the, the, the work for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so they can get them out. Cause there's something like, I don't know, 20, 30,000, uh, people in jail now, for uh, misdemeanor cannabis charges, and I think even some like uh, low-level fel- felonies as well. But the other thing that was for this situation, it just kind of continued the uh, it continued the the thing where people call the police on black people for literally just being, as opposed to you know some type of you know it, you know crime or anything like that. Utilizing the police as a almost like a tattletale system. It where, almost, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, well, and that's pretty much what I'm saying. It's like they use it as a tattletale system where it's like, hey, you shouldn't be doing what you're doing at this place at this time. I'm calling the police on you and the police is going to do something about it. Knowing full well the context that we live in in this area where people, kids and other people have been getting killed by the police for like literally doing nothing. And exactly. so it's like that the worst part about it to me is it's like you're a grown woman in the cannabis business, even if she's not in the cannabis, we can throw that part out, but you're a grown woman calling the, calling, uh, even if it's fake, calling the police on a child, it still doesn't make any sense. Not none whatsoever. And yes, to your sentiment, exactly. Uh, with the recent incidents with cops being involved with uh, the youth uh, and, or whatever in general, with African-American people in general, uh, it seemed, it, it, did a memorandum go out to white people who say this is the, <laughs> Like the thing to do to further harass people of color, like I really don't get it. And when they're confronted, they re, their rebuttal is like lies. They don't know the law. She was like, "It bake sale or barbecue." Betty was like, "It's costing the the state tens of millions of dollars." Bitch, please, like it's a barbecue, a cookout. Like yeah. people been thinking about since the beginning of the time. It ain't never cost taxpayers dollars. Lake Merritt, yeah. well. It, it makes it it makes it worse because what happens is usually when people try to bring bring in like it's against the law or they try to do that they're trying to they're doing it with the expect, expectation that the person they're saying to doesn't know the law and then when the person does then you see what happens they backtrack they run away Look. they were kind of you know trying to exert their exert like oh you guys are doing something wrong and criminal I'm gonna call the police and then then when the person's like actually no I'm not doing anything wrong you could call the police please do we'll have a conversation with them and then if, as you see they started running away if a white person tells me it's costing America tens of million dollars a barbecue where what, what kind of world do we live in that's a bull <laughs> I don't even need the law that no that no barbecue and it's cost ten million dollars man like they the there's not enough ribs and, and barbecue chicken out there that's gonna cost the America ten yeah. million dollars and you gonna sit here and tell me. This little girl needs a permit when you always show the iconic image of a white kid selling lemonade on a front yard to earn the first dollar. You can get that. Yeah. It, it's like, like I said. <laughs> it, what makes it worse is like with all the other things that you know people are dealing with, it's like this is like literally the last thing people need to be talking about. This it's is a like, desperation. So bad. So bad. This is desperation move and it's 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 funny but it's also it's borderline dangerous 
you know, because of the state we live in, calling the cops could be lethal to us, you know. So as as black people, we have to be well informed and understand the situation and not put ourselves in a situation. And this goes even back to Waffle Houses. Like we had yeah. incidents where the Waffle, going to Waffle, look, you know, it, it, it'd, be a, it'd be a cold world when I go to Popeye's and get the cops called on me, man. What am I going to do? Like, <laughs> like, we can't even go to Waffle House. These are staples of the black community. A Waffle House, we know it's dingy, dingy and dirty and ain't got good grades, but it's the Waffle House. This is what we do. Now we can't even go to the Waffle Houses, man, because every go we go there, it's like going to Guantanamo, Guantanamo Bay or Auschwitz. Like, it's really crazy. Like, yeah. Well, also, you know, it it's a mix of... Um the emboldening of just white people in general because of uh, Trump. And it's not even because Trump is president in terms of like people voted for him, but it's more that they, uh, they were the ones that like, once he got, uh, once he got uh, nominated, they feel a little bit more emboldened to kind of do the dumb shit that they're doing. You know what this reminds me of? When white people first saw Rocky. (laughs) That was their anthem. No, I mean Eddie Murphy made a joke about this. They gave, they got bold. They saw the yeah. white, great white height beat the snot out of a black dude, and they come out bold. It's the same thing. I mean, not, yeah. not the same. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. You know what I'm saying like they coming out bold, beating their chest, and that that's cool. You know, whatever. But the well, way they- and also you, you have to remember too, like it's a what's interesting now that's happening is is with. One half of the country or a part of the country being more boldened in how they view race relations and all that kind of stuff. Then you have the other part of the country also being more bold, being like, well, you guys, you guys have been doing this dumb shit for years. Now we're actually going to speak out about it, shame you for it, you know, all that. I'm not a big a fan of shaming culture, but it has a place in where the current climate of everything is now. So it's like, you know, back in the day, she would have done this dumb shit. This kid would have got, you know, the police would have came, been like, you know, what are you, why are you calling me for this incident, whatever, whatever, you know, they let the kid off or whatever, or in a, in a perfect world. And that was it. That would be the, that would be over. But now you do this one dumb thing, people bring out their phone and they start recording the whole thing. And then that goes on, on the web and it goes viral. Then people find out where you live, find out where you work, find out what you do. And then the shaming happens and then you got to defend yourself. And then it ended the snowball, uh, Effect keeps going. Check it out. This is a notice to white people. Twitter will body you. We will find you. <laughs> you end your career, Allison. You got kicked off of the the, the cannabis third party store you're working with. They found out how asinine move you did, and they don't want no affiliation with her now. As as everything high turns out, when white people be the aggressive, they turn into the victim. She's on TV saying. Oh, I feel threatened. I've gotten death threats. Ain't nobody threatened. Black people don't go threaten her. God has <laughs> getting back at her ass. She lost millions by this endorsement deal. No one's gonna fool with her. No one's gonna. Plus, she she was selling weed for dogs, and people was buying, and she was selling to humans. It ain't for pe- people. It's for dogs. Like she said, oh, you know what? She's selling snake oil. I can't. It, it, I, I, this this just is crazy to me. Like. Oh, officer, I want a report of a black guy wearing a robe going to the grocery store buying bacon. What? Like, like, yeah. Well, and also, it goes to the thing, too, is where, you know, the, it was kind of like the attorney that was uh, yelling at the, at the, uh, at the ethnic, uh, like, wait staff at a restaurant in New York. It's not even a restaurant, it was like a fast food spot. And he was wilding out. Like, the video, he's just, like, he was literally just wilding out. Like, there's no, there's no excuse. There's no nothing. He was basically literally just wilding out, assuming everyone was Mexican and just saying they're all immigrants and dumb shit. And it's like, one, where does that behavior even become even appropriate anywhere? And then, two, in the climate that we're in now where everyone has a recording device, like, you have to know, or maybe you don't know, that that could go crazy, and that's exactly what happened. And dude, like, he lost his office space because the people that own it saw the video and they're like, "We don't want to be associated with you." Done. Oh, you know, is that the, the dude? The dude that was uh, at the, the Mexican spot. Yep. Or, yep. Or, yep. Or, yep. Or, they sent him a freaking mariachi band in front of his office, and they played it for like a f- eight hours, and like, yo, so, that was the coldest move ever. <laughs> but so, so again, like, 
where I, while I agree that he's like a freaking idiot, but it's like we're getting to a point now where like everything you say and do is held to a certain scrutiny, uh, justified or unjustified. So now we're at a weird place where it's like you could like literally, you could literally say one thing, and that one thing is now encompassing your whole entire life, hey. and so. That's the part that I'm like, I think that's a, that's a slippery slope. That's, that's yeah, the danger go. part. So, so look, white people, and I'm not saying it's right, but these white people out here, these weirdos calling the cops on black people for doing crazy stuff. You got to be prepared for the repercussions. Like I said, Twitter will find and body you in your career. Now you put yourself out there and then somebody going to be malicious enough to put your, your work address or your home yeah. address. And that's the dangerous part. And that's, yeah. that's, that's the part. That's the part that, that's the part I was saying. Like, I think yeah. like you, I think nowadays, which the part that I do agree with is people are, are being held accountable for their dumbass actions. That's good. Yeah. The part that gets kind of crazy is when you get to that level where it's just like, Hey, this is this person's name, government. This is this person's number. This is this person's address. This is the person's family. Like, Whoa, wait, where did we, where did we jump from here? I always look at it as like hidden where it hurts. And that's the pockets. If they got a business, hidden where it hurts the pockets. She's selling weed. Tell them like she got kicked off of that, that, that spot. She was selling cannabis for dogs and she ain't, she's not on that company anymore with the lawyer, yeah. you know, this lawyer speaks fluent Spanish, which is funny. And That's the part was that was mind boggling to me. Yeah. Like the, the the craziest part is if he would have spoke Spanish and cussed everybody out in Spanish, this would not have been a thing. Like not at all. And that's the worst. That's the that's the worst part because it would have been a uh, you know guy in suit yells at a Mexican restaurant uh, waitstaff in Spanish. And I, I, I guarantee you this would have not have been a story. But the fact that he did, the fact that he just said it in English was more of a dick than normal. It blew up. And then, like you said, it's Twitter. So Twitter makes everything goes even crazier. And before, when things would happen on Twitter, it wouldn't touch you in the real life. Because if you're not on Twitter, you're not on that, yeah. then you don't know what's going on. But now that it's gotten so rabid, like within seconds, people know the guy's name. They know his address, know all that ish. And so then now that that. 10 second tirade is now <clears throat> encompassing your whole life. You know how many Jack in the Boxes and McDonald's I went to and a lady was from Spanish descent. I couldn't understand a word she was saying. I said, maybe it's me. I don't want mm. them to go back to Mexico. I just was like, let me just slow down. Yeah, I was frustrated because they never got my word right, but that wasn't me jumping off the rail saying, you need to go back to your own country and speak English. What the hell? Yeah, exactly. Like, why yeah. would you say that? I think, these, look, I think somebody put a government chip in their head <laughs> and, it, and it like something they switched it on like white people go crazy because i don't understand how they just flip like they literally but, are having a bad day and then they just yeah start but like i rent. said i think i mean you know and someone pointed this out too they're like you know this ish, ish has been always going on it's just now you get to see it in video and, and documented and so it's like someone was making the point that like you know minorities have been saying that people have been acting like this for years and now you have actual photo, uh, video evidence of it. And so, and, you know, going back to the, you know, police and stuff like that and the killings and crap. And someone made the point, they're like, yeah, you know, before people would say, hey, the police is foul and they killed my son without, without any cause. And you had no uh, evidence or you couldn't, you know, all you could do is say the feeling, but you couldn't show it. Now you could actually show it in video and then people still get away with it. And so, um, we're in an age now where like we do have video recording for stuff like that, but I just wish that it would work. It would be for something that's actually like, like to me, it's like actually more important. Like it's cool that, you know, barbecue Betty got, it uh, was getting shamed and all that, but I'd rather have a video that helps someone that, you know, was in, was in something like injustice happened to them or like the, uh, the, the kid that just got shot in the back in Pittsburgh for a traffic right stop. Oh. Yeah. Like this, like in the one got shot in the back Two, he's like seventeen. Three, the the dude that shot him like literally just got sworn in. Like I don't, they, they, I'm not even sure if it was a day. It might have even been less than a day. Word, and then four, and then four, the kid wrote a poem in school talking about I don't want to be another black statistic shot by the police. So I was like, dude, you're killing me. People, we got to do better. We just got to yeah, do better. Man. This is crazy. I mean, like. We're trending. Youth, African-American youth dying by the hands of a cop. Uh, I don't know the full story on that. I don't know what's going on with the officer that 
committed the act of shooting. Yeah, I think he's on paid leave, but he looked he was like a like fresh out, got in, and then yeah, and uh, I think it was uh, Lawrence O'Donnell from MSNBC, uh, former lawyer and all that. One thing he had an interesting thing to say was when a police officer uses their weapon. The first shot is usually a, um, I feel danger for my life, that kind of situation. Supposedly, you're supposed to reassess the situation after shooting once. But a lot of times in these cases, each of these victims have been shot multiple times. Mike Brown got shot seven times, seven to nine times. You know, other people got shot multiple times. So he was saying that, like, uh, if the first shot is you're in danger, okay, but then if the next 10 of them, you, what, what is your excuse for those 10? And a lot of times juries and the public don't really think of it that. They're just like, oh, man, this person got shot nine times. But then they're like, oh, but I was, you know, I, I felt threatened in my life. And if you felt threatened, you would shoot once. You wouldn't shoot. You wouldn't empty out your load or like, you know, freaking shoot 12 times and nine times. This kid got shot three times in the back once again. Or uh, what was the cat that uh, was running away from a traffic stop? And same thing with him. He got shot in the back. It's on camera. You see the person shooting him, and yet the person still didn't go to jail. It's like, yo. At some point, there has to be some type of correlation between the emboldenedness of what's going on in our current climate, our current political climate, but then also like how uh, the system usually lets the people get away with these things. And maybe, maybe the you know barbecue patty, uh, barbecue Betty and pe- uh, permanent patty is the ba- is the small baby steps to get into that level, you know. All I know is if you shoot me once, I'm stopping what I'm doing. You shoot in the air, I'm stopping what I'm doing. But if you hit me mm. once, I'm good. I don't want no more hot lead in me. Like, you yeah. don't have to fuck 10 bullets in me to prove point. Dude, I remember the, uh, what was the one? Oh, I remember this. It was a psychologist, and his patient has autism. He's a grown adult with autism. And he was in the middle of the street playing with, oh, like, yeah. toys or something like that. And the police were called to the scene, but before the police got there, him as the as the you know the doctor is going up to his patient, trying to like you know get him out the street. The police come. The doctor sits down, lays his hand, puts his hands up. Hey, don't shoot me. I'm the psychologist. This is my patient. And freaking the police shoot him. <laughs> it was crazy. And, it was like, why'd you shoot me? The cop's response was like, I don't know. <laughs> come on, man. exactly. It's like yo, and and what's crazy is. I, me and my dad had this conversation, and we're talking about the uh, Dylan Roof situation. And I was like, the one thing I don't understand, I, I understand why, but it's just, it's infuriating because for James Baldwin said, to be a black person in America is to be in a constant state of rage. So if black people actually were mad about all the injustice that was happening to us, we would literally be killing people on the streets. Mm-hmm. But because of uh, religion, because of just different types of aspects of things. We take it in stride and take those, you know, those uh, injustices and do something positive with it or something to that effect. So the dude that got shot by this police officer, if that was a white dude, he would have got sued in civil court, took him for all his money, done. Black guy was like, no, I talked to him. He didn't mean it. Yada, yada, yada. When Dylan Roof killed all those people in the church, even though he hung out with them for two hours, the families of those victims said, you know, we invite Dylan Roof to, to church with us and have grace with God and blah, 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 blah. And if, but if it's the reverse, you know, people like if it's white people that happens to this injustice, automatically suing, fuck that dude, you know, we're going to get justice, yada, yada, yada. But when it's black people, people almost assume black people are just going to like, you know, accept it or be, you know, forgiving or, or something to that effect, which I think is really, really dangerous just in general. Mm. I hear that, it's man. Like, yeah, it's a, you know, it's a morbid topic. I mean, off the rails, but... <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's like, look, white people, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> you, you, t- you got, you got, you always got like 20, you got like, it's a, where, 2018? Yeah. You got about to 2025, 2027, so you guys are now the minority, so enjoy a while less. Hey, look, <laughs> Mexico about to reclaim is 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 rifle state. I mean, Mexico won the World Cup. That was a win for the U.S. So, they, you know, that's, that's really us. So that's hilarious, dude. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, but it, it does. It, there, there is a certain level of emboldenedness where you know white we, privilege. Yeah, and people. It's funny because people are talking about how 
uh, you know, oh, there's no such thing as white privilege. I know p- plenty of poor white people. <laughs> yeah, okay. And uh, yeah, you exactly. show me a poor white person. I'll show you somebody that uh, didn't get the cheat code. <laughs> yeah. Well, and also too, the the greatest thing that you know they did in the forties, fifties, and sixties was to convince poor people, especially poor white people, that yes, you're poor, but at least you're not black or brown, and you you are a poor person, but you're still better than the other. And with that being said, that that divide happens. So what people don't realize also is we uh, you have more in common with people in your same economic class than you have of people of the same uh, race or color and in different economic class. So poor black people and poor white people are pretty much on the same level as, as rich white, or as, together as they are, um, you know, rich black people, or rich white people. Although rich, poor white people look at rich white people as, yeah, I can get there. Donald Trump speaks for me. I can get, you know, he's a guy that made it, made, he's a self-made man. I could do that. And so that mentality always keeps the separated divide. So as a poor white person, you know, they might be on food stamps and welfare. And then when they hear about the, the poor other doing, getting the same thing, oh, they don't deserve it. They came here this country just to, you know, suck off the teeth of the government, blah, 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 blah. And so that divide is actually what keeps rich people in power and poor people poor. It's, it's really, really, it's like ingenious, honestly, but it's like, it's hard to combat, actually. Like I said, if you're a white person poor in America, you, you missed a lesson. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no reason for you to be poor in America and be white. Like, you got the advantage. <laughs> like, it's like, this company was made for you. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's not, not good. Not good at all. All right. Well, let's move on. Um, This next topic I want to bring up is uh, I am conflicted a little bit, you know, um, re- as of... Uh, Recent Twitter news. I saw my boy Childish Gambino, aka Donald Glover, trending again. Now, this has been brought to my attention. You know, uh, I want to, well, first of all, I want to congratulate Brother Donald Glover for all the accomplishments he's made uh, coming up in the game uh, with the show Atlanta, um, fun little rap career, you know, trying to be out there and a little bit different. However, it has been brought to my attention that uh, recent events that he seems to be biting. Uh, and on my timeline, someone had, uh, you know, I wanted, actually, I want to give a shout out to another uh, pod, the Dad Bod Rap Pod, hosted by some fellow friends of mine. Just go check that out if you haven't heard, Dad Bod Rap Pod. Um, but they brought up a little snippet. Um, of this artist named Jace Harley. Uh, and he has a song, I think it's called American Pharaoh. Now, people, go, go if you got Apple Music or SoundCloud or YouTube, go check out American Pharaoh. It sounds eerily like this is America. Ooh. Let me rewind. I have a brother named, who I know very well. His name is Ntume Gant. Uh, fellow creative, he is a dope uh, auteur, filmmaker, thespian. He's been in the game. He's been in several movies. Go IMDb him, M2May, M-T-U-M-E, Gant, G-A-N-T. Or go to his, his Twitter, Sir Gant Core, I think that is. It's Twitter handle. But he made a short uh, called Whiteface, which is 20 minutes, uh, detailing about this guy who... I think he was trying to be a home well, make sure but basically he he had a a piece where it was a black guy that wanted to be white and did all these little things and then donald glover in season two had an episode uh i think it's timmy perkins or something i'm not sure but what i'm trying to get at is that shot by shot donald glover's piece looked eerily similar to my boy and to gant's piece now, I'm not doing justice, not giving all the details, but if you check it out, there are like one or two, you're kind of like, okay, but there are numerous scenes that are like on point. There's no way of knowing if someone from Donald Glover's camp saw in Two Make Gant's work that was done a year or two prior to season two. Uh, and we can't tell if Donald Glover's camp had any like access to like this guy, Jace Harley, 
to work. But, you know, once is an accident, twice is a pattern. Or once maybe is a coincidence, but twice is a pattern. And I'm starting to question Donald Glover's artistic integrity. I'm just saying. I like Donald Glover's <laughs> artist. I appreciate the work he do. I think he's fun. Sometimes he doesn't take himself too seriously. But I'm starting to look at him with a little, uh, you know, a, a, instead of a queer eye, an artistic eye for the straight guy. So, yeah. I'm just putting I mean, it here. <laughs> yeah, I think one of those things too is um, this kind of goes back to the case with um, uh, with you know because you have so, I think Stevie Wonder said it best. He was just like he didn't think that those those rulings of cases of like um, you know stealing quote unquote stealing songs and, and likenesses of songs without giving credit. Um, he's he he actually him and Tom Petty kind of well before Tom Petty passed away, but they were both kind of like yo man. Sometimes people play, are in the same space in terms of how they uh, create songs, and sometimes they come out similar. They were actually way more forgiving of it than we you know the, the former internet culture. The also also two one um, unfortunately in the the Twitter sphere that we live in now, you can literally do one tweet that tweet freaking goes viral whether it's true or not and it automatically gives it gives it weight and then you got to freaking you know sit there and defend it and so it's gonna be interesting too because you know i saw the the response that the manager did and he was kind of like yo man the song is freaking three years old but you guys are telling me a 2016 song that came out is exact same thing you know we don't know what's true or not uh, at any at any point not defending either or in two main situations different i never actually seen the um, episode they were talking about but I know you're telling me about it, and he was like speaking on it as well, which actually I think was in, in the. Didn't he making up uh, some legal uh, issues with that as well? So the thing is, it's not as easy as just taking this dude to court. You know what I'm saying? That's what, I, and that's and that's what I thought. That's what. And so that was the other thing someone brought up too, because I know, say for instance, I remember the the Bruno Mars case was super hilarious because if you look at the liner notes, like you know, there's like 24 different writers on the on the on the that uh, 24 character 24 character magic mm-hmm. and someone broke it down and they're like essentially people that said a word somewhere else some other time were basically getting credited with the song which is insane to me and i was like wait so now now with the Charles gambino one that's gonna be super interesting because you're gonna basically have to sit there and prove that actually you don't have to really prove anything you have to just you know it, we're, this is the court public opinion and this is the part that I think is the most interesting because the court of public opinion is usually fast and loose with facts, uh, goes off of uh, vir- virility. And, you know, if there is some type of a truth to it, it's going to get muddled in the salaciousness of being in Twitter, you know, with the memes and the gifts and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, um, one, you know, too many posts on Instagram, you know, uh, basically saying not so crazy now. Uh, a couple people chimed in and it was like, yo, they said the artist wasn't unbothered by the rip. Even says Gambi was a great artist. He's been, he's glad he was influenced. This is America, doesn't want a dime. Says artists wanted money. It's a big reason they often don't get credit. Too many goes and said, that's his opinion. I don't feel the same when it comes to me. He's like, you also have to remember, accusing someone famous stealing can be an industry poison if you're trying to break in. He's also doing everything he can to protect himself as he tries to get in the industry. It's a nice guy tactic. He said, yeah, told him. Yeah, he's like, that's what Hollywood does. He's following the ethics of his masters, probably why they feel so comfortable with him being in that position, talking about uh, Donald Glover. He says he he, uh, he sees himself as someone entitled to operate in that same hyper capitalistic way that people kept people who look like him marginalized for decades before he was born, just like Kanye does. He isn't an artist, he's a corporation. And what did they say about the psychology of corporations? They operate like a psychopath. Yeah. And then also, too, I think, you know, you're in a place where you have, like I said, just like he said, one dude will take one route, other dude will take another. That was like when um, they were talking about Drake was, quote, unquote, stealing uh, Hotline Bling from Dram with the Cha-Cha song or whatever. It's a similar sample and similar sample, but completely different types of songs. Um, But it's like now that we have the Internet and everything's available to us, there's really like... Even say for instance, say for instance, Charles Gambino and them created that without any knowledge of dude's track. It actually now, because someone put it out into the air that, oh, I think this dude stole it, it's now that's a thing, period, whether it's true or not, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it's and it, and it doesn't help that and it makes it actually it, it gives extra credence because of the entombing situation as well. So that's why now, like, like you said, you're like, ah, oh, if it was just one thing, maybe. But now that there's two, your your eyebrows raised a little bit more, and now you're looking at it with more of a um, with more of a watchful eye. Yeah. And so that's and so like like I said, public the court of public opinion it just basically just throws anything to the wall, and then you have, and then now you have to scramble to do it. Like you know, this this happens with a lot with um, a lot of the um, not to put too much of parallel, but there has been instances in the, in the Me Too era where people are accusing other people of stuff. And it's not true, but because it's wrapped up into everything else and court of public opinion, now you're on the record of being like, yo, did you do this to this person? And the person's like, no, I didn't. Well, we don't believe you. He's like, wait, what? <laughs> well, the thing with M. Tumay's case is that he hasn't like uh, come out forthright and said, I'm suing this guy. This is a delicate subject. He understands the nature of the business. Uh, yeah. He, yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah. Him also be- which, I mean, which honestly, I mean, if he does, like my thing too is, I think if you do, like, say, for instance, um, the, uh, the woman that sued the Wachowskis for the, the basic concept for the Matrix, mm-hmm. and I believe that case is still going. I don't think it actually got settled. There's a, there's a rumor that it got settled, but I don't think it did. But it's like, those are those type of cases where, like, if you really feel like your, your work had been copied, and so I think I personally think you should go and freaking go to the mattresses and freaking try to <clears throat> and, and get some compensation for that because... Especially when it's documented, you can look at it, you can see it, and like you know, like as I saw in Tumay's post about it, how he broke it down. He was like, "Yo, that's just mine, shot for shot, you know, line for like almost shot for shot, line for line." Then, yo, uh, by all means, freaking, uh, I think you should freaking go after people like that. I, 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 I wish it was that simple, but again, he understands the nature of the business, being in the business. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The intricacies and the delicacies of making such a claim, even though the similarities are strong, also comes down that he said, she said, money, you know, so, you know, that he's, he's, got, he's got lawyers. I'm assuming, I don't know, but there's a reason why M. Tumay hasn't gone uh, full-fledged G.I. Joe with this dude to court and gone to the mattresses, per se. He, he's, he's trying to finesse the situation. I don't, I'm just speaking from what I can see from the outside. I can't speak for him, per se. Uh, but, like I said, just very, very interesting that now Donald Glover has been caught out twice uh, for quote unquote biting. Yeah, 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 no, I think it is interesting, and I think also too, um, I laugh because like I was looking, I just looked up that blogger or that blogger, but um, the person that you know accused of uh, Gambino of, of biting the song or whatever, mm-hmm. and it's just super interesting because it was you. You're not we're now in a place now where. You can be a professional troll, and that could be your job to do that. And then once you get to a certain level of, a, of follower base or something like that, then people will take you like actually ser- quote unquote serious. And it's interesting because when even when we we're at BET, we like kind of tell some like celebrity people like, "Yo, man, you can't respond to every person that says dumb shit to you." And I like the moment you do, you give that person actual power, and that's what messes a lot of people up. So. A good example is um, J- Justin Timberlake when um, Jesse Williams had that speech that said, you know, black people are magic, blah, blah, blah. And J- Jessica T- Justin Timberlake was watching that and he tweeted and he was just like, oh, shit, that was dope. You know, Jesse, that was an awesome speech, yada, yada. People tweeted back at him, yo, like when you fucking dicked over uh, Janet Jackson at the Super Bowl, blah, blah, and like they just went in on him about it. And, you know, for whatever reason, he responded to the one person about it. And that one person, I think they had five followers or 10 or whatever it was, but that blew up into even bigger things. And so now, like I said, in in a court of public opinion, whether the accusation is true or not, if enough people believe it or retweet it or comment on it, it is now given life and license. And now you're going to have to address it and figure out a way to quell it or figure, figure something out, you know? Hmm. And also, too, what's even interesting, you know, people always talk about the power of black Twitter and where it does have a certain level of power. There's also another level that a lot of people have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) So, like, you know, it's like I I think we we as black, quote unquote, black Twitter, um, we feel we have a lot of power to a certain extent when it comes to, you know, starting trends or those type of things. But Uh, then on a oh, mic check, mic check. Mic check, mic check. Hello? Check, mic check, mic check. check. Sorry, we cut out there, folks. We back. Um, all right. Um, but yeah, like my, my biggest thing is just like 
a lot of times we as Black Twitter think we're we're making a big deal about something, and then it doesn't really pop or like it, it starts to because people start to pay attention to Black Twitter and what they're talking about because they know that Black Twitter's in knows what's on the pulse of you know cop pop culture. But then at the end of the day, it's like is Childish Gambino going to be losing any money off of these accusations? Is there going to be lawsuits or anything like that? Or is there is there going to be any repercussions for the said allegations? If there is, then cool. If there's a, if it's just a loss of quote-unquote street cred, it's kind of like, I mean... It's a combination of both because, I mean, he's a so-called quote-unquote genius. Yeah, no. that's all another word. That's, but yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, that, that's, that's a whole different argument, but I'm just saying, for me... It's like you. It's like when you're MC and you say, "Oh, that dude's a dope lyricist," but then you find out he, somebody writes his lyrics. How much of a dope lyricist are you? Or are you just a dope person that finds good lyricists to write your raps? Like Donald Glover, obviously, is very talented, but like to people are just labeling the genius. I, we're so quick to call people geniuses, and I'm not gonna go too far into this, but I'm just saying once you get that label, then I gotta be more critical of you. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. But also, we we as a black community tend to deify creative people in a, in a way that is almost unrealistic to what the the person is. That happens with Kanye. That happens with Michael. Happens with Beyonce. That happens with Jay. Happens literally with like it, like especially when it comes to music, music and talent and that aspect. Like people like to put them in this weird de- deity site situation where the level of standard that they have is astronomical. Like, you know, Beyonce's damn near a freaking uh, god at this point in terms of how people look at her and how she moves and stuff like that. Jay has a weird situation as well. Charles Campino is just slightly getting that taste of it right now. And it's interesting because more white people fuck with uh, him than black people. Black people are just starting to get into him in the last, like, six to eight months, which is hilarious. But it's funny because... My thing is, say for instance, this stuff still happened. I'm curious to see if that would affect his overall thing, his overall brand, or his overall, you know, just the stuff that he creates. Because at the end of the day, what people still forget is like the majority of people that are consuming the media that these people create are not black. And so, yes, we are important in terms of how we uh, affect culture and uh, tastemakers and that kind of stuff. But at the same time, like, if you know black twitter is like yo this person's canceled quote unquote that doesn't necessarily do much for someone that's on a global scale you know and i think that that's the part where i always think we kind of uh we're feeling ourselves a little too much in that respect sometimes so that's why i'm really i'm really curious to see if this will actually affect anything any of the things that he does or any of the moves that he makes we'll we'll see because i mean like i said i still canceled kanye i ain't listened to nothing since push your t album I mean, I, I I send a canary in there. I'd be like, how many how many songs Kanye on? If you on more than two, I'm not listening to it. So that's just, yeah. and that's I, my, and that's and my personal think, my personal yeah. contract. And I, and I think honestly, I think, and that's it's funny because I don't even argue with that, even though the shit that's been put out, all like a lot of it's fired. Like five albums in five months, that shit's five hours of five albums in five weeks. It's pretty freaking impressive. And then Tiana Taylor's uh, that album's bananas. So is Kids See Ghosts. But look, that's look, beyond look, the point. Look, if However, Tiana, if, if Tiana Taylor is the highlight of your five album with all these heavy hitters, something wrong. Not necessarily, man. As an R&B dude, it's just a good, like, I, someone asked me and I was like, the, the push out of all the five, I would go Kids See Ghosts, uh, Tiana Taylor, Push T, and then uh, Ye and Nas at the end. Nas and Kanye, the chemistry is just not there. I went back and listened to Nas's uh, Life is Good album, and that shit was banging. Like, I, like it was, I totally forgot about it. It came out in 2012. I probably haven't listened to it since then. But, dude, re-listening to it, I'm just like, Bruh. holy crap. Like, this is a really good album. Bruh, um, if Nas is last on your list, something wrong with hip-hop. Bruh. I can't. Eh. Nah, there's so much. There's so much <laughs> more music like, out. Than, I, I gotta find a word on that, and I'm gonna save it. So <laughs> yeah, no, but there. My thing with my again, my thing with that is, uh, I think it was Jay Zone. Yeah, he was just talking about that. Where it's just like my whole take on Kanye. I have a longer rant on it, but I don't need to bring it up. Is more just like is I'm. In, it's interesting to watch people go through the motions of trying to figure out if they're not, they're going to listen to him. Or if, you know, like you said, you're like, you know what? I'm done with Kanye. And it's like, which is perfectly fine. I know other people, they fuck with Kanye only musically. They don't care anything about his his life, his politics, anything he does. Bro, they don't if, pay attention if, to if it. If your music ain't up to par, 
Oh yeah, yeah, uh, exactly, hundred percent. And that, and so my thing was, which is interesting, is listening to all the albums. Um, I don't feel like I wasted any time. I thought I, I thought every time I listened to an album, I was like, oh shit, there's some dope shit in there. Check um, it out. Check, check it. Look, we waited on Kanye to be Kanye for a long time, and I felt like he didn't have to resort to these tactics to get this attention. With that said, a lot of people tolerated his nonsense. It wasn't to this level of trolling. But he was still trolling nonetheless. When he got past the point of ethically, morally contradicting himself and just going off the rails, whatever thing he's going through, there has to be personally the person that feeds into Kanye, the person and the artist, has to have some, I think, believe some moral accountability. We give this man a platform to be Kanye. If we take that away, maybe he can have some self. I'm just, I'm just going off what I think. He can have some self reflection on himself. And maybe see some of the things that he's doing is not right. I've seen interviews with various artists who work with Kanye, and he's questioning if he what he's doing is right or wrong. And some people check him, namely T.I., Pusha T, and a few others that in his corner. With that said, uh, you know, look, Kanye ain't been Kanye. Like I said, Kanye's on indefinite suspension. I haven't canceled Kanye per se, but I'm just not checking for him. There's like you said, there's too much good music out there for me to be like. On Kanye's nuts, and yeah, no, I actually agree. I think the only thing I would say with that was, <clears throat> and I posed this question to someone else. I was just like, I just don't understand what people want from him. Well, and and I and I I hear that, but the most interesting part to me is because someone was like, "Yo, Kanye's off the rails." Da, da, da. I was like, "Cool." So, what would Kanye have to do to get back into your good graces? Not say poopity poop poop. No, I'm not fooling with that. No. Bro. I, that shit is fucking hilarious because he he literally he literally did the exact thing that everyone's been talking about saying could you make a track with doing stupid shit and I was like that's fucking hilarious that to me that was funny I never took it seriously I thought it was just funny the thing that the other part about Kanye that makes me is makes it interesting to me is the visual reaction that people have to him just just him in general which is like again I'm 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 curious because. The people that are yelling at Kanye to be something more than he was or is or whatever they dream he is or whatever, are the same people that made fun of him when his moms died, made fun of him when he wanted to do his own shoe, made fun of him when he did his fashion line, made fun of him when he did the 808 and heartbreaks off of the heartbreak of breaking up with his girl, made fun of him for uh, marrying Kim K, made fun of him for like literally there's a laundry list of things that every single time Kanye does something and he's it's not quote unquote of the culture of the way that what people think he's supposed to be, they make fun of him and then every time he grows out of it and does something even uh, crazier not saying great i'm just saying crazier and so it's always interesting to see the visual reaction that people have like when kanye said the whole 400 years of slave dumb shit whatever like i didn't even get mad at that more just because if you listen to the whole fucking thing he was talking about slavery of the mind blah 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 blah. and carly uh, kanye is a, a very inarticulate person so that's a whole nother thing but it's just interesting that i'm i'm always curious to see what the audience wants from this celebrity in terms of music like someone's like yo you know i just want him to you know make music like late registration da 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 i was like you know that was like over 50, almost 15 years ago he wasn't married he didn't have kids he wasn't even the same like economic class so wait you want him to do music exactly like he was 15 years ago when you're not even the same 15 years ago so Look, it's always interesting to see you, people you, you, you ain't gotta make music that reflected a certain era like i listen to ghostface it's the same Ghostface, but at the same time, he's evolving. I mean, yeah. listen, I, like Nas has changed. He made a few albums yeah. that were good, made a few albums that kind of flopped, but it's still Nas. Kanye ain't been Kanye since uh, My Twisted Dark Fantasy, whatever. I'm not saying Kanye has to be that Kanye, but I'm not about to sit here and accept poopity poop scoop doop, like as like lyrics, bars, you know? And the fact that when Kanye puts himself out there as an intellectual, Fine. If you want to do that, fine. But come correct. Spit facts. Be that guy. I'm not gonna hold yeah. you accountable if you don't do that. Like Yeah, I mean and that's what, and that's you know, I think the most the most interesting thing to me was I thought that move was hilarious because that literally was an actual troll move. The I thought Push T album was fucking dope. The Yay album was all over the place, but it had, I think it was more of a, this is all the shit I'm going through, my, me and my, my mental state, my girl, da-da-da-da. Then from there, 
the Kids See Ghosts album with Cuddy. If you're a Cuddy fan, that shit is fire. If you're not a Cuddy fan, it's okay. And then after that, Nas album. I actually like the Nas album. I think it's not dope, but I like I like a lot of it. Plus, I wasn't checking for Nas, so all of a sudden I'm getting a Nas album. I'm like, all right, cool. I'll listen to it. Yeah, and some of it's cool, some of it's not. Pleasantly surprised. That's cool. That's like I wasn't checking for Guardians of the Galaxy, but it was cool. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly that's exactly how I looked at it. That's because you wasn't checking for it. Like Nas came out. Oh, Nas. He's a legend. I hold him to a gold standard. I'm not gonna give yeah. him a pass because something he did this or whatever you've been in the game this long you better come out with fire like fire i'm, I'm yeah. putting him up there i put him as one of my top lyricists so i expect great yeah but but then that and that's and that's that and that's that part i'm talking about like there's a weird expectation where it's like even with kanye that fool's put out how many albums now it's seven eight nine something like that and so it was it was interesting to me i'm like wait so in seven albums you like you People have write it for him. He comes out with one meh album, which is still better than most people's great album. And then they're just like, oh, man, I can't do a Kanye anymore. I'm like, really? Like, that? that's all it took? Seven yeah. songs? And now you're like, that's it's over? Yeah, Seven it's, songs in the, this, this in the 400 years of slave comment? This is a combination of a bunch of stuff. Like, okay, if you didn't like Yeezy, it's cool. If you don't like uh, 808 Heartbreak, whatever. But, like, his 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 swing and misses have been kind of adding up. Like, yeah, I agree. You know what I'm saying? It's I, like, didn't, I didn't think well, I didn't think Pablo was that good. And if it was if it was seven tracks like yay, Pablo would have been a classic. Pablo is trash. There's three songs on there, and anybody I fight anybody for it. Like no, I agree. It, I, it was like 30, four 30 songs hours, at most. Yeah, thirty hours, ultra light bean, and no more parties in LA go. And then he got that last song that sounded like house movement. I'm really yeah. Outside yeah, of all that, so it's like that's like yeah. four tracks. Yeah, that's it. And and what's even funnier is on the new Yay album, uh, which I, I like listen to ever. Yeah, which you, you, no, honestly, you don't need to. But yeah. I liked four. I liked four out of the seven tracks. The first track, it was like some spoken word shit. Two, three, and four ish are on some current level trap shit. And then the other ones are like on some interesting Kanye, like the way he's been producing some stuff. So it's like I think it's interesting that the I think in general, it's just like, it's funny how people look at it because it, the, the antics of someone is starting to impede on the person's music. And so it's cool. It's interesting to see how people justify it. And I think in a weird way, because it's not on the crazy level of a R. Kelly, um, Nas has his own case right now. Not case, but like the allegations of like abuse with Khalees and some other stuff that's starting to bubble up. And some people were very, uh, or some people were like, if that's true, I'm not listening to Nas. Like those things are starting to cross over. So it's interesting to see those how the antics of Kanye's is starting to permeate into the music where people are like, well, I'm not even going to check for him because his antics are I don't agree with, which I think that's everyone's right. And I think that's if that's how you look at your music, then that's completely fine. I think that's fine. That's why you're like, you're like, oh, I'm never going to listen to him. Like, that's cool, man. You might miss out on some cool stuff or you might not. That's no no big deal. You know what? It comes down to, a per- like I said, it comes down to a perfect person's moral ethics, you know, or what they can tolerate. Uh, people like R. Kelly and Bill Cosby. I'm not gonna go too far in this, but uh, what they've done is to me, it's just terrible. So, oh, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm canceled. It's I don't need to listen to them. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, it's just, and there's no there's no excuses and no, none of that stuff. I think the only thing now that we're facing is, is it's interesting to me because horrible people make great art. And so now we have to find your own, I think it, to me, I always leave it to the individual. I don't think it's a, it's a, a group thing, but I think the individual has to kind of figure out where that line is for themselves. Kind of like with um, XX Tentacion. Like, I don't know that dude's music. I don't really know anything about him besides uh, Mad Tattoos, uh, Domestic Abuse Case, and then he passed away. So I, I wait, really wait, have how, nothing how, about How do you pronounce his name? It's XX Tentacion. I, I learned about that at, at, from the young kids today. Tentacion. I thought, man, I thought it was extension or something like that. Yeah, I, I, I'm the same way. But that's the same thing. Like uh, to hear to hear people in 25 and under talk about them, it was very interesting. But then I asked them about the domestic abuse charges, and then they got quiet. And they're still trying to reconcile how they how do you like an artist's music and their work when they do some questionable human shit and so everyone has to has to kind of deal with it on their own you know like i'll still play freaking r kelly's uh, ignition remix because it's one of the greatest r&b remixes of all time but r kelly's a piece of shit so 
doesn't mean I'm playing all his music or rocking it, but I'm not going to deny that that song's not good. No, so, no, yeah, no, but, one, no one's going to say that the work that they've done, like we can't discredit these people's work because they, they did great work. However, moving um, forward, like I said, Extension was a woman beater and he beat his pregnant girlfriend. So I didn't listen to his music, so it didn't bother me to cancel him one way or the other. However, I'm not going to go out and vilify this dude because dude clearly had issues. And anybody gets shot is not right. However, he has skeletons in the closet. And I'm going to tell you guys, folks, the Me Too movement is coming to hip hop. It's going to expose a lot of folks. Oh yeah, 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 that's that's. I mean, it's low key already been doing it, but yeah, it's just gonna get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. I mean, you, you know, the the good part about it is the checking of shitty behavior because people, well, people don't. I think it. We all know people are shitty, mm-hmm. and I think that's a thing. And and then <clears throat> it's just that the tolerance of the shittiness is starting to. It's coming home to roost, which I think is good. Twenty eighteen, um, people are shitty. Yeah, but but with that being said. Um, the the broad stroke that everyone wants to paint every single person being shitty is the part that I just thought that that's that's the part that's it's, we're going to get into an even no. worse part part with no, that. No, it's, a, it's so, a case by case basis. It's like if you get yeah. caught, and you're that dude. You got to go. It, well, it depends on what you your where you where you stand. Like I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, what I mean, Espacion, it's sad that he died, got shot. That's not good. That's not a thing we need to be celebrating. And I'm not going to chime in on that. I'm like, yeah, I'm mixed. Like, I don't listen to his music, so it wasn't a big deal for me not to listen to his music, even when he was alive. However, I'm not praising the guy for getting killed, and a lot of people were doing that, and we got to be careful. Yeah, exactly. And it's that's, not, and that's just on some, fight. yeah, and that's just on some human shit, man. Like, that's yeah. that's the part that I, I disagree with in terms of how <clears throat> the, the conversations are going, where it's like, you know, the uh the shaming culture the cancel culture that kind of stuff like the celebrating of the negativity of stuff like oh glad he's dead he's wooden breeder blah 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 blah. it's like damn really nigga's dead man like you might not you might disagree with how he lived his life but freaking you know you know what (laughs) if you have nothing nice to say don't say nothing at all (laughs) yeah yeah i mean i I think that nice to say about, about hitler but you know. yeah, <laughs> but, you know, yeah. Someone, someone actually said the same, and you know, uh, I was at. We're talking about. Um, oh, we're talking about American Beauty or freaking The Usual Suspects. And someone was like, "Yo, are those movies worst movies because Kevin Spacey's a, a shitty person?" No, <laughs> they're still got it. Up. But they're still but, they're still dope but, movies. But now you I, have a ex- look, look for it, or would I look for his next project? No. Oh no, not at all. And <laughs> and I think that's I think that's where we're at now, where it's just like. The shitty people are starting to get called out and lose their, you know, and and have consequences for those natures, which is great, rightfully so. Yeah. Um, but I think now, you know, if nothing else, it, I would hope that people would just be better people to each other, you know, as opposed to like just being shitty. And I think that's the part that like, and you know, the, it's easy to say the whole, uh, oh, it goes both ways. Women are shitty too, which is yes, we all know this, but in a in a public in a pro- professional setting. More, sh- well, there are way more shittier dudes, yeah. <laughs> and just just in general that get away with the, the craziest shit, and that shouldn't happen. And I think that part of it coming to light is also a really, really, really good. Um, and uh, with that, we can get to our final words. You want to start it off? Yeah, uh, my only final word is freaking just be better people. <laughs> What does LeBron say? Be better tomorrow? (laughs) Yeah, like, man, it's like uh, if everyone just tried to be, you know, 1% better today than they were yesterday, just in their own lives, it would probably help them out just in just being like in their own, uh, you know, uh, people got to find the happiness within their own selves. It it makes you a better person. So you're not going to spit the vitriol and negativity on others, like the trolling and like all that. And like, I think people, the, the the cancel culture and the me too and all that like I, I wrap it all together because there's there's parts of it that are uh are good and then there's a, a big larger part that's bad where the negativity and the treating each other horribly just makes it it, it just it bubbles over you know and mm-hmm. then it adds and it also adds you know you know with the current climate of uh the state of our politics and that kind of stuff 
But I think just people just got to be better people and just each other and themselves. Like, yo, man, go find your own happiness. If you're happy, then it's easier for you to, to, shine, to shine that happiness to others. But if you're in a shitty situation or you're in a negative way, you're just going to be negative to other people. And that shit spreads. So I think if, I think if, if general, people just need to find their own uh, small piece of happiness and then uh, don't let all the crazy negativity of the world affect you as much as it mostly has to people. As long as that happiness is not malicious. And, yeah, and yeah. Um, yeah, man, I, I laugh like probably 20 times a day on average. And I want to continue to do that to the day I die because it is really not that serious. <laughs> righteous, righteous. Uh, my final word is a culmination of episodes that we missed. So I got a few final words. Uh, <laughs> and they're quick. Black Twitter is OP. Donald Glover is a biter. Nas album is trash. I don't need to listen to it. Westworld season two needs a damn TED talk. And if white people tell me to go back to Africa, I'm going to say I'm stolen property. So that's that. I'm stolen property. (laughs) Nice. All right, man. Well, this is the Table of Truth, and we are out. Peace. You can listen and download to all of our episodes of the Table of Truth on iTunes. Just search the Table of Truth podcast.